You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. On Monday, this December 30th past, I clocked in at my retail job, put on my headset, and played the morning messages. There was one from the manager telling us what to expect in terms of sales volume that day, and one from corporate welcoming us to the first day of 2020. They didn't get the dates mixed up. December 30th, 2019 was the first day of 2020, in a way that once crashed Twitter for hours. My name's Moxie, and this is your Brain on Facts. The world is constantly changing and transforming. Cut through some of the noise with What's New with Wired, a podcast that goes in-depth on the latest news in technology and culture. Their award-winning journalism will help you make sense of what's happening in the world. Listen to What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. That's What's New with Wired wherever you get your podcasts. When we think of the calendar, we think of it as singular and exclusive. The calendar. Sure, there were other calendars, but those were for old-timey people in old-timey times. If you've ever listened to the show before, you know I'm about to disabuse you of that notion. It's kind of my shtick. The calendar we think of as the end-all and be-all of organizing time into little squares is the Gregorian calendar, but it's just one of many that have been used and still are used today. For example, at the time of this recording, it's currently the ninth day of the month of Tevet in the year 5780 for those who follow the Hebrew calendar. The Hebrew calendar, also known as the Jewish calendar, was originally created before the year 10 CE. It used lunar months, which will surprise no one who has ever had to Google when Passover or Easter are each year. A standard Jewish calendar has 12 months, six 29-day months, and six 30-day months, for a total of 354 days. This is because the months follow the lunar orbit, which is approximately 29 and a half days. Due to variations in the Jewish calendar, the year could be 353 days or 355. It also uses standard calendar years, but those two methods don't line up perfectly, and this poses a problem. As time went on, the shorter lunar calendar would result in holy days shifting forward in time from year to year. That wouldn't do for certain holidays that have to be celebrated in a certain season, like Passover in the spring, Tu B'Shevet, the Jewish New Year for Trees, which needs to be around the time that trees in the Middle East come out of their winter dormancy, or Sukkot, the festival that calls adherents to build and live in huts in their yard to commemorate Israelites taking shelter in the wilderness, which happens in the fall. So a 13th month has been added every three or four years to make up the difference. Such a year is called Shana Muberet, a pregnant year in Hebrew. In English, we call it a leap year, and it makes up for all the lunar calendar's lost days. The month is added to Adar, the last of the 12 months. On leap years, there are two Adars, Adar 1 and Adar 2. Today, the Hebrew calendar is used primarily to determine the dates for religious holidays and to select the appropriate reading for the day. Similar in usage is the Hijri calendar. The Hijri calendar, also referred to as the Islamic calendar, is based on the lunar phases using a system of 12 months and either 354 or 355 days. The first Islamic year was 622 CE when the Prophet Muhammad emigrated from Mecca to Medina, 
meaning today is the 11th of Jumada Alawal, 1441. The Hijri calendar is used to identify Islamic holidays and festivals. The Islamic New Year marks the journey of the Prophet, however, the occasion and the sacred month of Muharram are observed differently between the two largest branches of Islam, the Shiites and Sunnis. Shiite pilgrims journey to the holy sites to commemorate a 7th century battle, while Sunnis fast to celebrate the victory of Moses over the Pharaoh. Also known as the Persian calendar, it is the official calendar used in Iran and Afghanistan, and it's also the most accurate calendar system going. Further east, you'll encounter the Buddhist calendar, which is used throughout Southeast Asia. This calendar uses the sidereal year, meaning relating to heavenly bodies, not the planets or the sun. Unlike other calendar systems, no extra days or months are added, so the Buddhist calendar is slowly moving out of alignment at a pace of around one day every century. Today, the traditional Buddhist lunisolar calendar is used mainly for Buddhist festivals and is no longer the official calendar anywhere. The Thai Buddhist era, a renumbered Gregorian calendar, is the official calendar in Thailand. The Buddhist calendar is based on an older Hindu calendar, of which there are actually three, Vikram Samvat, Shaka Samvat, and the Kali Yuga. The Vikram Samvat is used in Nepal and some Indian states and uses lunar months and the sidereal year to track time. The Shaka Samvat, used officially in India and by the Hindus of Java and Bali, has months based on the tropical zodiac sign rather than the sidereal year. The Kali Yuga is a different sort of calendar altogether. It meters out the last of the four stages, or ages, or yugas, that the world goes through as part of the cycle of yugas, described in Sanskrit scripture. The Kali Yuga began at midnight on the 18th of February, 3102 BCE. The first cycle is the Age of Truth and Perfection, the second the Age of Emperors and War, the third, the age of disease and discontent, and the final stage, the Kali Yuga, the age of ignorance and darkness. Way to put a fine point on it, Hindus. If you're worried that you've already missed 5,000 years of the Kali Yuga, don't fret. You have upwards of 467,000 years left. You've probably heard of Chinese New Year, so you won't be surprised that there is a Chinese calendar. According to that system, each month begins on the day when the moon is in the new moon phase. The beginning of a new year is also marked by the position of the moon and occurs when the moon is midway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. China uses the Gregorian calendar for official things, but still uses the Chinese calendar for cultural things. You might be surprised, though, to learn about the Ethiopian calendar. The Ethiopian calendar is quite similar to the Julian calendar, the predecessor of the Gregorian calendar that most countries use today. Like the other calendars we've discussed, it's intertwined with the faith of its people. The first day of the week, for instance, is called Ehud, translated as the first day in the ancient Ge'ez language, the liturgical language of the Ethiopian church. It's meant to show that Ehud is the first day on which God started creating the heavens and earth. The calendar system starts with the idea that Adam and Eve lived in the Garden of Eden for seven years before they were banished for 5,500 years for their sins. Both the Gregorian and Ethiopian calendars use the birth date of Jesus Christ as a starting point, what Eddie Izzard called the big B.C.A.D. changeover. 
though the Ethiopian Orthodox Church believed Jesus was born seven years earlier than the Gregorian calendar says. The Ethiopian calendar has 13 months in a year, 12 of which have 30 days. The last month, called Pagume, has five days, six in a leap year. Not only do Ethiopian months have names, but so do their years, named for the Gospels of the Bible. The first year after an Ethiopian leap year is named for John. The following is the Matthew year, then the Mark, then the Luke. So what is this Gregorian calendar that I keep talking about? The Gregorian calendar was created in 1582 by Pope Gregory VIII, who made changes to the previously used Julian calendar. Okay, so what was the Julian calendar? It should shock no one that the Julian calendar was ordered by and named for Julius Caesar. By the 40s BCE, the Roman civic calendar was three months ahead of the solar calendar. This is a real problem when you're setting down regulations about trade and harvest and things agricultural. The Alexandrian astronomer Sosigenes introduced the Egyptian solar calendar, taking the length of the solar year as 365 and a quarter days. The year was divided into 12 months, all of which had either 30 or 31 days, except for February, which contained 28 days in regular years and 29 in every fourth year or leap year. But that 29th day wasn't February 29th like it is for us. It was February 23rd a second time. What a mess that would make though that conflagration of confusion probably paled in comparison to what Caesar did to align the civic and solar calendars, he added days to the year 46 BCE to the point that it contained 445 days. Unsurprisingly, when you try to make such a large change to the daily lives of so many people over such a wide geographic region before the days of electronic communication, it took over 50 years to get everyone on board. Sosigenes had overestimated the length of the year by 11 minutes and 14 seconds. Now, 11 minutes doesn't seem like much, but after, say, 1,500 such mistakes, the seasons of your calendar start to differ from the seasons of reality. And that matters most when your important holy days need to happen at a certain time of year. Enter the before-mentioned Pope Gregory VIII, who wanted to stop Easter, which had been celebrated on March 21st, from drifting any farther away from the spring equinox. Italian scientist Aloysius Lilius developed the system that the Pope would unveil in 1582. He realized that the addition of a second February the 23rd had made the calendar slightly too long. He devised a variation that added leap days in years divisible by four, unless the year is also divisible by 100. If the year is also divisible by 400, the leap day is added. Sorry about that. While this formula may sound confusing, it did resolve the lag created by Caesar's earlier scheme. Almost. Lilius's system was still off by 26 seconds. As a result, in the years since Gregory introduced his calendar in 1582, a discrepancy of several hours has arisen. We have some time before that really becomes an issue for the average person on the street. It won't be until the year 4909 when the Gregorian calendar will be a full day ahead of the solar year. Math aside, not everyone was keen on Pope Gregory's plan. His proclamation was what's known as a papal bull, an order that applies to the church but has no authority over non-Catholics. 
That being said, the new calendar was quickly adopted by the predominantly Catholic countries like Spain, Portugal, and Italy, major world players at the time. European Protestants, however, feared that it was an attempt to silence their movement, a conspiracy to keep them down, maybe by making it hard to remember when the meetings or protests were supposed to be, I'm not sure. It wasn't until 1700 that Protestant Germany switched over, and England held out until 1752. The transition wasn't smooth, though. English citizens didn't take kindly to the Act of Parliament that advanced their calendars from September 2nd to September 14th overnight. There are apocryphal tales of rioters in the streets demanding the government give us our 11 days. However, most historians now believe that those protests never happened or were greatly exaggerated. Some countries took even longer than Britain. The USSR didn't convert to the Gregorian calendar until 1918, even later than countries like Egypt and Japan. On the other side of the Atlantic from the British non-protests, meanwhile, Benjamin Franklin welcomed the change, writing, It is pleasant for an old man to be able to go to bed on September 2nd and not have to get up till September 14th. At least as pleasant as that are our supporters at patreon.com slash yourbrainonfacts, including our two newest patrons, Erspo and Michael L. Even as I record this, they and the other members get to vote on a topic for an episode this month. Will it be inventors who chose not to profit from their inventions? Or would my patrons like to see if I can do an entire episode on mud? Join now to cast your vote. The Patreon is also $1 away from our first redistribution level. Once we hit $75, 25% of funds until the next tier will go to creators who make free resources for other creators, like Kevin McLeod, whose music I've used since day one. If you'd like to be involved with your fellow Brainiacs for free, you can join us over at facebook.com slash groups with an S slash Brainiac Breakroom. We've had five new members this week, bringing us to 96 people who have a place to share interesting facts they find and see the neat stuff that I find that doesn't go on the main social media feeds, Facebook and Instagram.com slash yourbrainonfacts and Twitter slash brainonfactspod, because it doesn't fit with that week's theme. I'd also like to thank the people who have recently reviewed the podcast. There are two reviews through the Apple Podcast app that I'll read later, but today I'd like to share a message that I received through the comment form at the bottom of yourbrainonfacts.com from someone that we'll call CK. CK wrote, Moxie, I would like to thank you for keeping my brain active. I'm a former Marine with Gulf War illness. I have cognitive issues, and your program keeps me trying to memorize the facts that you present in such a lovely manner. Semper Fidelis, CK. As someone with not insignificant memory issues, it means more to me than I can say to know that my silly little internet radio show thing is actually helping someone. I just hope CK is able to memorize the facts better than I can. Seriously, my brain is like an encyclopedia being shredded by cranked out squirrels. It's all there somewhere. Good luck finding it. Back to our book of days. When Julius Caesar reformed the calendar in 46 BCE, he established January 1st as the first day of the year. During the Middle Ages, however, European countries replaced it with days that had greater significance to them, typically religious, such as December 25th to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ or March 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation. 
I'm not going to Google that. After my mom listens to this, she'll send me a gloriously incorrect speech-to-text message explaining it. Different calendars mean different New Year's days, even now, and the ways in which people celebrate are as splendidly diverse as the people themselves. The Coptic Egyptian Church celebrates the Coptic New Year, or the Year of the Martyrs, on the 11th September. The Coptic calendar is the ancient Egyptian one of 12 30-day months, plus a small 5-day month, 6 in a leap year. The months retain their ancient Egyptian names which denote the gods and goddesses, but the Copts chose the year 284 CE to mark the beginning of their calendar. Since this year saw the seating of Diocletian as the Roman emperor and the consequent martyrdom of thousands of Egyptian Christians. Apart from the church's celebration, Copts celebrate the new year by eating red dates, which are in season at the time, believing that the red symbolizes the martyr's blood and the white heart of the date, the martyr's pure hearts. Also, dates are just delicious. Bonus fact you know that guy, Pope Francis? He's not actually the Pope. The Pope's proper title, according to the Vatican's website, is the Bishop of Rome, Vicar of Jesus Christ, Successor of the Prince of the Apostles, Supreme Pontiff of the Universal Church, Primate of Italy, Archbishop and Metropolitan of the Roman Province, Sovereign of the State of Vatican City, Servant of the Servants of God. The word Pope comes from the Italian Papa. Francis is the Sancta Papa, the Holy Father. The title of Pope actually belongs to the head of the Coptic Church. So if anyone uses the rhetorical question, is the Pope Catholic, to imply a yes answer, you have my authority to bring the conversation to a grinding halt by saying no. No, he's not. Double points if you simply walk away without explaining yourself. September 11th also marks the day of the new year in Ethiopia. By this time, the lengthy rainy season has come to a close, leaving behind a countryside flourishing in yellow daisies. That's fitting, because in the native language of Ethiopia, Enkutatash, the word for New Year's, translates to gift of jewels. To celebrate the New Year's, Ethiopians sing songs unique to the day and exchange bouquets of flowers. And of course, there's plenty of eating and drinking, too. If you asked a person to name a new year that's not January 1st, the standard New York ball-dropping, old Lang Syne singing even though none of us know the words or what they mean kind of new year, they'll probably say the Chinese New Year, or Chunyong. In communities all around the world, people celebrate the lunar calendar kicking off with lots of food, especially noodle soup for good luck, parades, fireworks, special outfits, and the hanging of red lanterns. The one thing you mustn't do, though, is pick up a broom, in case you sweep the good luck for the new year right out the door. Keep your eyes peeled for it on January 25th, 2020, when the moon is new and the year of the pig gives over to the year of the rat, two of the twelve animals of the Chinese zodiac, who were assigned to years in a cycle. Rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, goat, monkey, rooster, dog, pig, and then all over again. Because it depends on the moon, the date of Chunyung actually changes each year, but always falls sometime between the 21st of January and the 20th of February. Chunyun is the most important celebration in the Chinese year. Adults give children red envelopes of money, and the festivities continue for as much as two weeks, finishing with a special lantern festival, which signals the end of the celebration. 
schools and businesses close for at least the first few days so people can celebrate with their families. So many people travel for New Year's that it's referred to as the largest annual human migration. According to Lian Weilang, Deputy Director of National Development and Reform Commission, almost 3 billion trips will be made over the Chunyun period. Of those, 2.5 billion will be made by automobile, over 400 million by rail, and 73 million by air. Luckily, China has the world's largest rail system. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. With Wired Science, you can geek out all you want. It's a podcast for anyone obsessed with math, science, space, biology, or technology. And it provides in-depth coverage on current news and discoveries. From strange diseases that turn your tongue fuzzy to tech that'll help crops grow from space. New episodes are released nearly every day, and they're typically under 10 minutes, so you can easily make them a part of your daily routine. Listen in the morning while you're getting ready or during lunch while you check NASA's astronomy picture of the day. Check out Wired Science now wherever you get your podcasts. That's Wired Science wherever you get your podcasts. Nowruz, the Iranian New Year, is a combination of two Persian words that mean new day. Before the celebration, members of the household prepare the half-seen table of seven items that all start with the letter S usually fruits and spices. They symbolize sunrise and the spice of life, love and affection, patience and age. Traditional foods include sweets like baklava and, like the Chinese, noodle soup. Among other traditions, Iranians place a mirror on the table as a symbol for people to reflect on the past year. The Sinhalese and Tamil Hindus of Sri Lanka observe New Year's in mid-April, by opening their doors to family, friends, and community members. The new year is celebrated through various customs, chief among them boiling an earthen pot of milk until it boils over, which symbolizes prosperity. Sweets like kavum, which is made from rice and coconut oil, and dishes with plantains are also served, and I am totally here for that. Imagine being able to walk away from your office without having to request time off for three days to celebrate New Year's. In Cambodia and in some communities in Vietnam, Khol Khanam Thme in mid-April is devoted to purification ceremonies, temple visits, and playing traditional games with family and friends. The Assyrian New Year, Kham Nisan, means the 1st of April. The celebrations involve parties and parades and celebrants wearing traditional Assyrian clothes, dancing in parks. 
One of the customs, known as the Dikna de Nisan, the beard of April or the beard of spring, involves Assyrian girls gathering flowers and herbs that are then hung from the roofs of houses. Otherwise known as the Festival of Light, the Indian New Year celebration of Diwali falls between mid-October and mid-November, depending on the moon cycle. This year, Diwali will fall on November 14th, but celebrations will have begun two days prior and last a total of five days. Diwali, the third day, is the most important day of the festival. On this day, observers say special prayers to several gods and goddesses and scatter lit candles and small clay lamps throughout the house, meaning they distribute them throughout the house and then light them. I assume they're not lighting them and then scattering them. India is a multifaceted culture. India is a multifaceted country full of different religions, dialects, languages, and customs. Hindu populations worldwide don't share the same New Year's Day and rituals. There are at least three common New Year's Days on the Hindu calendar. While the New Year's dates differ, most fall in March and April. Exchanging gifts, wearing new clothes, lighting lamps, and decorating the house with blessing-inducing colorful flowers tend to be common traditions. The Bengali New Year, Bahala Beshak, is celebrated with street fairs, music, and colorful marches. The day is marked by businesses opening a new ledger to start the new year. Singers perform traditional songs to greet the new year, and festive sweet foods are given out to friends and family. The Tamil New Year, Putandu, is observed in the first month of the Tamil solar calendar. On the last day of the old year, Tamilians prepare a tray of mango, banana, jackfruit, nuts, betel leaves, jewelry, a mirror, money, rice, coconut, and flowers. The tray is viewed when people awake the next morning. Celebrants then take a bath and go to the temple to seek blessings. People living in the southern Indian states of Karnataka, Telangana, and Andhra Pradesh celebrate Ugadi, which takes place on the first new moon after the spring equinox. Preparations for the celebration actually start a week earlier and include scrubbing down the house and buying new clothes. On the day of Ugadi, people adorn their homes with mango leaves and colorful designs made of rice, flour, sand, or flower petals. Siolal marks the first day of the year of the Korean lunar calendar. It will be observed on February the 5th of 2020. During the celebration, adults wear traditional costumes and eat tiokguk, a traditional soup eaten for the new year. A more recent ritual includes the ringing of the Boshengak bell, which was constructed in 1396 and is only rung on New Year's. Songkrang, the Thai New Year, means passing or approaching in Sanskrit, and the traditions of the day make for a truly refreshing experience. One New Year's Day tradition involves gently pouring water on elders of the community. Doing so is a way of paying respect, and in return, they bestow their blessing. Sprinkling water onto images of the Buddha is also accustomed to receive blessings in the new year. Tingyan, the Burmese New Year, is also a water festival. The Burmese ring in the new year by participating in several water-filled activities, including spraying one another with water guns, tossing water from buckets, and pouring water from intricate silver vessels. This water frenzy lasts for three or four days, ending just in time for dinner and a night's worth of partying at promptly 6.30 p.m. Tet Nguyen Dan, or just Tet, 
is the Vietnamese New Year, marking the arrival of spring based on the lunar calendar. The name Tet Nguyen Dien is Sino-Vietnamese for Feast of the Very First Morning. Tet lasts from the first day of the lunar calendar until at least the third day. Many Vietnamese prepare for Tet by cooking special holiday food and cleaning the house. There are a lot of customs practiced during Tet, such as visiting a person's house on the first day of the new year, ancestral worship, wishing New Year's greetings, and giving lucky money to children and the elderly. Tet is also an occasion for pilgrimages and family reunions. During Tet, Vietnamese people visit their relatives and go to temple, forgetting the troubles of the past year and hoping for better in the upcoming year. Tet is considered to be the first day of spring, and the festival is also called Ho Gion, the Spring Festival. By the way, do not pronounce any of these words the way I have pronounced them. You have a 1 in 1,000 chance of that being correct. Like other Asian countries, Vietnamese believe that the colors red and yellow bring good luck, and they consider what they do at the dawn of Tet to determine their fate for the rest of the year. So people will smile and be on their best behavior. Tet is the most important and popular holiday and festival time in Vietnam, which was why the North Vietnamese military in Viet Cong chose it as the date of a series of surprise attacks on South Vietnam villages and cities in the aptly named Tet Offensive. Sagan Sar is a Mongolian New Year's celebration that lasts for over two weeks. Over this time, people gather to renew family ties, repay debts, and resolve disputes. People dress in traditional clothes, tell stories, eat traditional dishes, play games, and basically get back to their roots. By the way, if you've never come across The Who, spelled H-U, the Mongolian folk metal band, you owe it to yourself to look them up on YouTube. They're actually in the midst of a huge North American tour right now, and we were lucky enough to see them here in Virginia. Just think about that and the marvel of the interconnectedness of technology, that a band on the other side of the world is able to sell out venues in cities they've probably never heard of in the middle of the week. Also, it just was a kick-ass show. Pakistanis celebrate Vaisakhi on April 14th to mark the start of spring. The day celebrates the harvest in the Punjab region of India and is also acknowledged as when Sikhism was founded in 1699. The day is observed with processions known as the Nagarkitan and religious hymns recited from the Sikh holy book. Jewish communities around the world celebrate Rosh Hashanah not only as the anniversary of a year, but the celebration of the birthday of the entire universe. From sundown on the first day of the month of Tishri, which will be September 18th this year, Jewish people light candles, have festive meals, abstain from creative work, and attend prayer services that include the blowing of the shofar, an instrument made from a ram's horn. When you think of New Year's in the U.S., you picture people dancing to loud music with a drink in each hand. In Indonesia, they celebrate in an entirely different fashion. On the day of Nyepi, the New Year, instead of shuffling around hungover, the Balinese spend the day in complete silence. Those who follow the religious traditions stay home, don't work, and avoid engaging in any pleasurable activities. The objective is to spend the whole day reflecting, meditating, and fasting. And that's where we run out of ideas, at least for today. 
So how was I at work on the second to last day of 2019 while simultaneously being at work on the first day of 2020? Our modern American lives actually run on two calendars, the Gregorian and the ISO week system, though many of us will never deal with that one. It's handy when you're dealing with accounting and business issues to have a year that divides into a whole number of seven-day weeks, but the Gregorian calendar doesn't do that. In the 70s, the International Standards Organization created a calendar that would, with a year that always starts on a Monday for added simplicity. The ISO year number is usually the same as the Gregorian year, but sometimes it can slip a little. Twitter discovered they'd programmed their system with the dates from the ISO week calendar, which can be only a single character different in the code from programming for the Gregorian calendar. At midnight one day in late December, their date suddenly jumped forward 366 days, and the whole thing crashed. It took them a few hours to work out what had happened and get it fixed. Remember, you can always find the script for today's episode, as well as the research sources at the newly redesigned yourbrainonfacts.com. Thanks for spending part of your day with me. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend, the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.